Well, hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here, where you can find practical help for the heart and home as we ponder life from a biblical perspective, as well as a weekly digital dose of discipling to help equip us to be better effective in the opportunities that God places before us to further His kingdom. This is Moments with Moni, episode number 156. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Not only is Moni a wonderful Bible teacher, but she has also made beautiful quilts. Back in July of 2020, I had the opportunity to interview Moni on my podcast, A Quilter's Life, where I get to interview the amazing people behind the beautiful quilts. If you would like to hear more about Moni's life, you can listen to her episode on A Quilter's Life, either on my website, aquilterslife.com, there's no spaces or apostrophe in the web address, or on your favorite podcast player. Also, if you're a quilter or know someone that is, please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, at aquilterslife.com. I'd love to hear your story. Phew, it's good to be here again. I didn't know if I was going to be able to be on this microphone to talk to you again. It's been quite the week. We've had tornadoes all around us down here in the south. But you know what? I noticed where the tornado warnings were and the storm warnings and all the other things that were going on down here. There was a swath of land right through the center of the state that was completely clear of tornadoes. We still had plenty of rain and lightning and thunder Thunder that booms overhead and shakes the house and shakes the chair you're sitting in. I don't know that I've ever experienced that until we moved down here to the state of Arkansas. Since all the things that were in my mind were the things that I spoke with you about last week, predestination and adoption and forgiveness of sins, redemption and heaven, all these spiritual blessings that are being held for us in the heavenlies, a saying kept running through my mind through the storm and thinking on these things. It goes, I'll see you here, there, or in the air. And it made me laugh as I pictured myself caught up in a tornado and thrown up into the heavenlies. It's not really the way I want to leave this earth. I have to say, though, knowing that I'm safe in the hands of God, it brought me peace sitting under this storm that roared overhead. But it gave me a lot of time to be praying for all of those that were in danger's way. Today, the whole area is under some beautiful sunshine and warmer weather, and all the grass is starting to turn green, and the leaves are popping up on the trees, and even the microgreens are growing. I had my first salad. I don't know about you, but it's fun to see things pop up and grow as spring comes along. Won't it be wonderful when we are in the new heaven and the new earth, And God has made it all new and youthful again. And there will be no more sin, no more crying, no more pain. It's going to be glorious. Okay, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. We still have work to do while we're here. 
And it's work that God has asked us to be a part of. That's why it's important to understand what the Bible says. And it says what he means. And it means what he says. So a quick recap of last week. We explained predestination. The foreknowledge of God plays into that because he's outside of time. We are in side time restraints. We have a beginning and an end of this earth and of our life. But God can see the whole picture from eternity past to eternity future and everything in between. And when we understand that, we should get to a point where we do the works that God has ordained for us a long time ago. And we should bear fruit for him. And we should become more like Jesus. And the only way to do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. In and of ourselves, we can't do that. This flesh wants to have its own way, just like Adam and Eve did when they ate from that tree and this whole thing toppled. But now God wants us to be part of his covenant for this time period to draw men unto himself so that in the last days, that last person of this church age gets saved and comes to a saving knowledge of Christ, we're out of here. Jesus is coming for us. Keep looking up. And then there was adoption. We have to remember that not all of those on the earth are adopted into Christ's family. Only those that accept his free gift of salvation. Jesus died on the cross for us and shed that blood, his own blood, for the remission of sins, so that one day we can live with God again. He can dwell with us like he wants to, and we can both enjoy the intimacy with him, with our Heavenly Father. And I touched on redemption there, for forgiveness of sins. Just like Cain, when he sinned, God encouraged him to come back to God. God encouraged Cain to bring a sacrifice to God for the forgiveness of sins. But now Jesus has been that perfect sacrifice for our sins. And because God has forgiven us, we ought also to be forgiving in our attitude towards others. And God is holding all of these things in store for us in heaven through all of his wisdom and understanding. Yes, I mentioned it earlier. I do find comfort in every circumstance in life, knowing that God is in control. That doesn't mean we are puppets. God has given us free will to choose. He's not going to make us accept that free gift of salvation, of redemption. But over and over again throughout the scriptures, God makes a way for people to repent, to turn around and go back the other direction from which you came and head straight towards him and into his loving arms. And now we continue in Ephesians chapter 1, starting at verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times 
he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. We, the redeemed, those that are released from slavery or captivity to sin, because of the receipt of ransom, the blood of Jesus that he shed for our sins, we are now free. And because of God's good pleasure and his good will, he wants to make known to you the mystery of his will. This is not an Agatha Christie who done it type of thing. He doesn't want you to have to try and figure it out. In fact, those without the Spirit cannot figure it out because it is by the Spirit of God that God reveals it to you. I've known many a person that have thrown their hands up in the air and just asking, what's your will, God? Just show me your will. God has already given us his word that is filled with his will. All we have to do is read it and obey it. Verse 10 is a key verse in the book of Ephesians, and it speaks to us of the dispensation of the fullness of times, and that during that time, God wants to gather together in one all things in Christ that are in heaven and that are on earth. Now, I can see this being confusing if you haven't read the entire Bible and looked into the dispensations or the covenants of the Bible. God's not trying to make it difficult for us, but he is keeping it hidden from those who do not love him. If you'd like to learn more about the covenants, I did a series on the covenants here on Moments with Moni, and I'm working that into a book. Okay, some of you can hold me accountable to that. I've been working on that for a long time, but I really need to finish it. Right now, we are in the church age, the last days of the church age. And I look at the end times scenario as the only thing on the calendar that's left is the rapture. And I explained that on the episode of Revelation chapter 4. It's like different time periods. At the very beginning, there was the Edenic period, and that was when the Garden of Eden was created. And then, of course, there was sin. So God started things over with a different covenant with Adam and the Adamic covenant, and so on and so on through Noah and Abraham and Moses and David, all the way to Jesus and the best covenant. The covenant that was shared with David refers to the future millennial kingdom here on earth where David's son, Jesus, will rule. And Jesus will take control of the kingdom and put an end to all the misrule. This particular covenant with David had to do with Israel that will be living on the earth for a thousand years. And all of this happens just after the age of the Gentiles comes to an end, which is the days that we are living in now. Before the millennial kingdom comes about, the bride of Christ will have been raptured up into the sky with God to be with him. And at the end of the thousand years, that millennial era, then Christ will gather all of those people together in one in him, all because of his good pleasure or his intention to restore 
the original universal unity of all mankind that believes in him and trusts in him. Praise God. And verse 11 goes on, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Can I get an amen? Do you see how much God truly loves you? You are the apple of his eye. You are the special object of his love. And he has determined to care for you and to provide for you, for all of his people. Not only that, to give you an inheritance in the heavenlies with him. He wants to be with you forever. And Paul goes on to tell the Ephesians and us also in verse 13, In whom also you trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, and you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Amen. Not only did God promise all these things to those that believe in him, but God also sent us the Holy Spirit to seal us. He sent that Holy Spirit to us as our down payment, the earnest, the down payment of what's to come. What is this purchased possession that Paul talks about here? It's the believer, the believer in Christ. You are purchased, bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So the next time the enemy tells you you are unworthy as a believer, don't talk back to him. You just run straight into the arms of Jesus and know just how much he loves you. Just how much he loves you by the death of his son. God sent his son into the world so that all would be saved should they choose to be. Oh, the heartbreak that God must have gone through watching his son die for our sakes. And yet he did it. They both did it so that we could be, in the end, restored and redeemed. So from that moment of salvation, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You belong to God. And now, as we walk through this life in the obedience of God's word, we are being continually saved or sanctified, being set apart unto him becoming more like Christ, being transformed more and more into his image and less and less like our own sinful nature. So along with Paul, we can finally say, unto the praise and glory of his grace, God has saved us. Praise God. He is worthy to be praised for all the things that he has done for us. Not because he's a genie in a bottle that can answer our prayers, but because he is just worthy because of who he is. He's God Almighty. Next week, we'll gather together to hear Paul's prayer for our knowledge and understanding. Until we meet again, here, there, or in the air. Keep looking up, because our redemption could be a lot closer than we realize. 
If you enjoy what you're hearing here on the podcast, I invite you to share it with a friend. I also invite you to go to the blog at momentswithmoni.com where you can buy me a coffee or support me through a monthly membership. Just hit the big yellow button on the blog. Thanks again for listening to Moments with Moni.